recorded live, 1400 miles away from the kingdom of Nye, this is Rebel with a Cause. something because one of the QAnon crazies like posted something and it was like a uh, a backpedaling of the 63,000 unsealed indictments that never came to be at the end of uh, March yeah you know and if you will permit me the opportunity to dump on the Q crowd just a little bit here oh please dunk on I, them <laughs> I, w- I would like to point out just how absolutely insane it is to still believe any of it at all because as i've pointed out on several podcasts and will keep shouting until q finally goes away the core ideology and belief set of this q movement is literally the same old rehashing of the backbone of all right-wing political conspiracy theory going back to like the 70s and 80s you know they've got no new actual beliefs or methodologies and on top of that, on top of that, their predictions have, without fail, literally never come true. You know, and that's because the leaders of the Q movement are literal grifters. You know, Q in itself is a fabrication. And the fact that they can then keep making time-stamped predictions that never, ever happen and maintain an audience is just... On one hand, I respect the hustle, but on the other, come on, how dumb do you have to be to believe this at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> even going back to like the uh, the Patriot movement in the, uh, the mid-90s and the late 90s, I, I've heard all of the same garbage before. And uh, back then it was, uh, oh, Nasera is going to be the silver bullet that's going to bring the federal government to its knees and, and we can reinstitute the Constitution the way it was written. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and see, it's that sort of stuff that the right-wing conspiracy theorists just keep falling for. They think that they finally have a dude on the inside, you know, a couple of different ones every decade or so, that's going to usher back in an era of federalist glory where the government plays by its own rules. And without fail, it never happens because it won't happen. Yeah, funny how that happens. Uh, Wasn't there this guy in like the 1850s that wrote this whole pamphlet about the Constitution? What was his name? Oh, yeah, that's right. Lysander Spooner. <laughs> yeah, that dude. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure the audience here is well acquainted with that. But I think a lot of uh, <laughs> so-called patriots oh, and yeah. a lot of people that I love dearly on the late night talk circuit could uh, stand to read his work again. Yeah. Uh, or for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Or more more commonly, I'm sure, for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, and it, uh, and down here in the south, I I don't know what it's like up there uh, in the frozen tundra of the north, but uh, <laughs> uh, you'll see guys with trucks and they have big Q stickers on the back of them, and and of course they've got like the NRA and the uh, the you know don't tread on me, and then a thin blue line right. Punisher sticker. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know we get a little bit of that up here, but I think just in general, people up here are more reserved about how they sticker their cars. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you're not going to really find that too uh, too far north. 
course, I'm but, of a, uh, I'm of the belief that uh, rednecks are all over the planet, and it doesn't really matter. They absolutely are. Yeah. They absolutely are. You know, I uh, grew up on the western side of Wisconsin, right next to the Mississippi River. And there yep. were jacked up trucks and hillbillies as far as the eye could see. Yep. Yep. You know, and uh, I didn't necessarily dislike it. I love that area. I love when I get to go back and visit my family. But... Yeah, it's just uh, amazing. You can even go into like Europe and things and you can you can spot the rednecks pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's a common human archetype. And I think for good reason, because I think it's a valuable one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, and don't and and people out there listening, uh, don't forget, I, I, my neck is as red as it gets too. Uh, you know, I get it. <laughs> it's just I, I don't have an F one fifty, and you know, festoon it with a bunch of uh, Punisher stickers with blue lines on them, and <laughs> yeah, and you know, back to the point we were making, do not ever fall for the assumption that a redneck has got to have some dumbass beliefs like he was coming to save them. <laughs> yeah. I just, as, as soon as that whole thing started before Trump got elected, I was like, Oh, Oh, here it comes. The op is, is a go. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I don't even think it's an op. I think it's just a couple of grifters that, you know, they got their golden ticket. You know, they got the right synthesis of bullshit at exactly the right time. And they were able to monetize on it. Yeah. Um, you know, don't hate, don't hate the player, hate the game. Right. But, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, in that particular case, uh, you were, you were seeing stuff all, all through the whole thing. I was like, Oh, all the pedophile rings are going to get, uh, are going to get brought to justice and all this. And then, uh, you know, they'll point to a couple of news stories where like, uh, some 14 year old prostitute was taken into custody and it was like, see, see, it's happening. And then the whole yeah. uh, Pizzagate stuff started happening, too. And I was like, see, it's all happening. It's, all, you know, trust the plan. Well, you know, and that's part of their part of the appeal, too, though, because yeah. you can see real networks and they do get pulled down from time to time. Right. So as long as there's some event that they can falsely catalyze into their narrative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the whole uh, numerology thing in the posts. And that's, that's been getting more and more wild all the time. You know, that's one that I didn't even see coming. I didn't have that on my bingo card that Qism would become synonymous with numerology. That's just bananas. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I mean, and there'll be entire posts <laughs> devoted to it on 4chan and 8chan, like trying to uh, decipher the, the code that, that Q had left behind. Assuming like yeah. it's one person, you know. You know, and the best part is it's literally indecipherable because there's not actually a hidden message in the first place. Right. It's just that sort of chum bait that lets these people keep believing because they want there to be a code. Yeah, my my little theory on it was there may have been like one, you know, Washington page or somebody with a little bit of knowledge was would kind of like drop stuff here and there. And just, you know, kind of make it, you know, seem a little sexy. We can, we can pick up the Q moniker from 007, you know, cause he was the guy that had all the gadgets. Yeah. And then yeah, I think from know, there, I, it just kind of mushroomed out. Right. Right. And yeah, I suppose I can rule out the possibility that maybe there was someone doing a few teasers once upon a time, but if that was ever the case, it's long gone now in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the um, 
the staffers in Washington, D.C. Uh, are usually the first ones with the knowledge because they're going to get whatever it is brought to the office. They get a little you know, glance at it first. And before the Internet, you know, they were pretty much the most powerful people in Washington because they had all the info before the senators and the congressmen had it. Right. They were the transaction network for the secrets to happen through. Yeah. And of course, you know, I can see making it a little game. It's like, okay, well, we know that such and such is going to about to drop this bill. And it's uh, definitely anti-liberty. So, you know, let's uh, let's throw a little nugget out there on 4chan and see what chums up. I can make it cryptic. I'll throw a couple of pictures of a pizza box on there. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Oh, and you know, the, the Q stuff, it's just kept getting crazier and crazier over time, too. I don't know how long you want to spend talking about this, but <laughs> did you see that Twitter thread that was going around where one Q researcher was speculating that Trump is at war with a remnant of the Roman Empire that's been in hiding underground? That one has seemed to have missed my gaze, but I am already interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like 60, 70 something tweets long, and he's going on this long, elaborate explanation of the Q codes and the Q posts oh, and God. Trump tweets and the symbolism that indicates that whenever Trump is talking about Space Force or the Mars, he's actually talking about military operations in Greenland because that's where the tunnels are to access the Roman remnants bases under the ground the roman remnant 2000 years in the making <laughs> you know what though i've keep saying it though <clears throat> the acceleration of weirdness we're experiencing in 2020 is so strong that if that were to happen by the end of the year i would totally believe it just not mm. now things aren't quite weird enough yet but you know give it another couple months Hasn't exactly ratcheted it up to, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it hasn't, but it's getting there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I take a look at everything that has happened in 2020. And, you know, by the way, we have just like gone through like the first quarter. We're, we're not even all the way through it yet. There's a lot of ball game left. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. You got to look around. It's like, OK, well, we had, uh, you know, a virus come through that may or may not be as scary as they say. Everyone's freaked out about it. Oh, and here it is. Economy's crashing. Oil went negative for the first time in a long time, I think ever, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. sure, why not a computer simulation run by reptilian aliens? Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, and those are just the big stories that stay in the news, too. It's not like there's not plenty of other stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, one that I like to harp on when people give me the opportunity, and there's not a lot of details because not much is known about it yet. But, you know, there was that chair, department chair at Harvard who got busted for taking money from the Chinese. Yeah. Uh, Charles Lieber. Yeah. And uh, wasn't he like going to go to that Wuhan lab where the uh, the Kufkoff came from? Well, so he was contracted there at one point. And that's where the money from the Chinese was being laundered to him through. Yeah. But whether or not he actually did any physical research for him is for them rather is completely unconfirmed. Now, just my own personal gut instinct and speculation says that uh, if the extent of his crimes 
really were just taking grants he wasn't eligible for, he probably wouldn't have been arrested and put in a news black hole like he has been. Yeah. That, that kind you of know, seems- like pe- people don't get fucked up over grant money misappropriation crimes. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that it's like, all right, well, we're going to send an accountant to your house and you're going to have to explain your receipts type of thing. Yeah, or, you know, that's what I expect it would have been if that were legit, but I also don't know enough about the process. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a guy who sees a couple of news stories adding up two plus two and getting five. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. You just kind of look at some of the news and, uh, you know, being in our circles, we, we can't really rely on the mainstream media or the corporate press, as Michael Malice likes to call it. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll take in several stories about the same thing and we got to kind of parse through it to see what is actually fact and what isn't, you know, and unfortunately that's just how we have to do things. We, we have to do like triple the work the, uh, the normies out there don't do, you know, while they're making dinner and just kind of got the TV news on in the background. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's just wild. <laughs> and I, I've talked a lot about this recently too is that's all a very deliberate part of the gaslighting process too, though. Yeah. They want to bury you in so many different and varied stories that you can't keep things in perspective. You know, the idea of white noise data dumps are extremely real and something that people need to be cautious of. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, even on our side, when we see stuff that happens, we got to kind of take a step, take a step back for a moment and kind of, you know, uh, evaluate what's, what's actually being said. So like this uh, recent thing where the CDC, the who the world bank and uh, Microsoft all got hacked <laughs> and I'm still waiting to find some uh, actual emails that I can read. But so far I've seen like news media stories about that. It was hacked, but I don't see like any of the, the product from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, something I found really fishy about that specifically was how immediately the next day I saw a New York Times reporter trying to spin it as if the hacks didn't even happen. And mm. they were trying to say that the information that got dumped was actually just a re, uh, reposting of some old hack of some other organization. And if you looked at the dumps even just a little bit, you'd see that that's patently false. Like it's clear that that's where at least some of the usernames and passwords came from because – as people do, some of the organization names were even in the password composition. Yeah. You know, so it's it's clear that this isn't a recycling of old hack data. So why are you trying to tell us it is? Hmm. Because they don't want people looking at it, obviously. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think like one of the uh, the passwords was like something ridiculous. Like <laughs> it might as well have just been password, but with a capital P, you know? Right. You know, and it it is mind-boggling how bad people are about that sort of stuff online. You know, I realize that everyone's got their own little OPSEC gaps, areas where they're not quite as good as they maybe should be, but right. that's just so sloppy, though. Well, speaking of the uh, Podesta emails, that's, I mean, that's how he got caught, was a spearfishing uh, spear thing. They just sent yeah. an email telling him to reset his password, and he did it. You know, even after going to the IT guy and the IT guy said, no, don't, don't click on that. (laughs) 
which is just ridiculous. And, you know, I feel like that's almost an argument against a lot of conspiracy theory. Right. I don't accept it personally, but it's hard to believe these people could be plotting anything too much when they're so patently bad at it, at least (laughs) from the outside, it looks like. Yeah, that was a... That was one that was brought up that uh, Biden may be faking this whole, you know, I'm elderly and I've got dementia act that he's pulling. And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen old folks act that way. And if, if he's acting, you know, give the man an Academy Award because it's pretty convincing. You know? Yeah, I don't think there's any way he's faking it. I think the real conspiracy there is that the Dems know he's you know, yeah, brain busted and that they're trying to sneak someone else into the presidency by a Trojan horse. Yeah, uh, I can see them, you know, throwing a Michelle Obama or a Stacey Abrams up there as his vice president. And then, oh, no, six months into office, he's had a massive coronary. Uh, we, yeah, and we can't it's time to give him. him the 25th Amendment and take him out. Yeah, you know, because they were threatening to do that with Trump right at the beginning, yeah. remember? Absolutely. And I I think they I think the National Democrats, the DNC, are seeing that as a viable strategy right now. You know, I do believe that's being actively discussed and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Early on, I thought uh, Buttigieg was going to be their Trojan horse. And I don't so much believe that now, given what we've learned about Stacey Abrams over time and especially recently. But yeah. Anyone who's listened to Monica Perez for more than 10 minutes, I mean, she will rail against Stacey Abrams pretty hard. Yeah, rightfully so. (laughs) Rightfully so. And even then, I I always saw her as more of like a 2024 candidate for the Dems. Like they wanted to give her some time to season her. But with the way she's forcibly inserted herself into the news and discussions around the VP pick, I'm willing to move up that timeline and think, hey, maybe it is her after all. Yeah, it's especially telling when the... uh, the the anchor on, on the nightly news uh, floats the idea of Stacey Abrams, and then like the uh, the person who's supposed to rebutting was like, "Well, no, that could work." He <laughs> was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, they're already intentionally giving it a sort of compromise candidate feel, setting us up to settle on it. Yeah, it's like, oh well, we don't want to push the button for Stacey Abrams, but if we had to, right? I've got a clear conscience about it. Sure, you do. You know, and that's. Again, that just goes back to what we were talking about. That's the insidious part of it all, right? Yeah. You know, it's that sort of preparation of the narrative of tomorrow. And you can see it being laid all around you. You just have to be so conscious of it and watching it all the time. Yeah. Uh, And there's definitely uh, stuff going on in the background that doesn't get reported on. And um, that's the other thing. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and I tell people that too, you know, you should be paying attention to everything except what's right in front of you. The problem is, even if you're trying to, there's so few ways to effectively watch that stuff. Right. Yeah. When they started introducing the little news ticker at the bottom of the screen, uh, while the anchors were sitting there babbling about whatever I'm supposed to be afraid of this week, a lot of the times there was some actual news stories down there that they should have been discussing. And then you go and sit there and look those up. And then you were like, oh yeah, yeah, no, this is this. And but of course, uh, you know, UPI and the AP, it's like a short couple of paragraphs. They don't really go into detail. And then it's yeah. like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even the news tickers are getting worse and worse all the time. There's just such a lockdown on the transmission of information. Oh, yeah. Or the attempted lockdown of it. 
Yeah, there's definitely some uh, gatekeeping going on because, you know, they can't put too much out there. <laughs> but I think it, I, I do think it's kind of funny. Uh, I was kind of catching one the other day. I was like, oh, look, there's the news ticker down at the bottom. Let's uh, see what stories they're not telling me about. And then all of a sudden, like an ad was rolling by in the news ticker. I was like, oh, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can only be so careful, I guess. <laughs> Because, you know, it was re- it was like one of those uh, promotional pieces that's uh, put in there to make kind of made to look like a story. But it was rolling by. And as soon as I realized that it said sponsored right next to it, I was like, oh, no. Oof. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, they're trying that one now. Yeah. You know, and these people, they're rich enough. They don't even need to be taking sponsorship dollars. What the hell? <laughs> you know, they're doing it just to push a narrative, not because they need the money. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, when they got advertisers like Boeing and Raytheon and uh, Lockheed Martin, it's like, who are they selling to? It's not like somebody who's like sitting on their couch is like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I could I could use a Predator drone. <laughs> so silly. Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Sorry. Ah, OK. I, I was listening to what you were saying. I didn't know if there was going to be a follow up thought there. <laughs> No, I was just uh, making a little joke about Lockheed Martin commercials on Fox. <laughs> yeah. So, shoot. We're sitting here. We're crapping on Q. Yep. We're crapping on the corporate news. Yep. Oh, where where do we even go from here? Because I've got all sorts of pent up energy. <laughs> was there uh, anything in particular you wanted to discuss this evening? No, just kind of get stuff out of the way that uh, was maybe happening in the background that wasn't, you know, Koof Cough related. But um, uh, crude oil going to negative, you know, I never thought I would see the day where a commodity would just, <laughs> we got to pay you to take this trash away from us. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone expected it either. It was one thing when it started to go south and then another thing when it was literally so invaluable, they were giving it away. <laughs> and it's worth noting that technically those are only futures contracts, but you know, right. even still. Even still. And uh, I was saying on the Friends Against Government the other day that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't end up getting incorporated into some sort of action against Venezuela because the neocons are still itching mighty hard for that. That and Iran both. Yeah, they did send a, uh, you know, some uh, naval vessels down there to Venezuela, you know, to uh, curb the drug trade that Venezuela is so known for. Yeah, you know, and which I wouldn't be surprised if it's functionally offline right now anyways. <laughs> Not yeah. just that, but then you've got Trump's naval patrols in the Gulf of Persia again, all of a sudden, telling them to fire on gunboats. Yeah, or shoot them down like they're flying around in the air. I, th- I thought that was kind of fun. And there was a Q thread devoted to that, too. Really? <laughs> if you want mind tell me a little bit more about that, I missed that one. Oh, I was just kind of scrolling through it. So I saw the tweet and I was like, oh man, what did, what did that dumb dumb say? I was like, shoot down boats. What are you, what are you talking about? And then it was like a whole, you know, 10 or 15 little post right underneath it. I was like, what are you really talking about right here? You know, there, the same thing happened with the Kofefe uh, mess up, a little typo yeah. that put in there. This yeah. is why it's clearly a message regarding X, Y, or Z. Yeah, so they uh, they've definitely launched on to any any time that he tweets in all capital letters. 
You know, they look at the word that's in caps and then they'll break that down. <laughs> I have seen, and, you know, that, that word alone energy. can't be a message though. Right. It's always right. a deeper message than that. Yeah. I have seen a lot of energy devoted into cryptography of Donald Trump tweets, probably more than there really needs to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, heavens forbid you devote that sort of cryptographic ability and skill to something that actually matters even a little bit. Yeah. Just like one scintilla of something else might have uh, better served you, but no. You know, and Trump's half dementia riddled himself too. I'm sure of it. So I would bet almost anything in the world that a lot of his nonsense tweets literally are just nonsense tweets. You know, the sensation where you're reaching for a word in your head yeah. and you can't get it. So you say something else. I would wager quite a bit that that's more often than not what happens with Trump. <laughs> yeah. There for a long time. I just kind of thought that, Oh, well he's just hopped up on Sudafed and uh, he just got to keep going. You know, the guy's diet is terrible. It's like all fast food and diet Coke. But uh, right. I was like, okay, well, he, whenever he's up, that's when the tweet storms are, tweet storms are going to happen. When he's down, he goes and gives a speech where it looks like his dentures are halfway out of his mouth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, U.S. presidents, especially in the last hundred years or so, actually do have a really interesting history with that sort of drug use and abuse whether for medically valid reasons or not oh yeah and i would be really interested in what comes out of the trump administration after he's out of office because no one can risk leaking that stuff now just like no one could risk leaking it when jfk was in office yeah but that'll all come out in a few years from now and i really want to know just what he was using to try and stay sharp and when he was using it yeah, uh, that that'll come out. That that stuff even came out for Obama, but nobody like believed it where he would just do nothing but smoke cigarettes and watch Sports Center all day. Right, exactly. And then he would get handed and, a speech and kind of look it over real quick and then go give it. Like you didn't even know what was in that speech, buddy. <laughs> no. You were handed the script. That's just it though, right? I mean, the presidency is always and has always been a placeholder regardless. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Protect whatever actual entrenched interests won the rights to use that position of authority for the given period. Yeah. And it's a really ridiculous notion to think that one guy out of 320 million is the best one, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, oh, you could rail against it forever, but ultimately, what are the actionable things to do about it? You know, practice agorism, live ungovernably. But even then, you're still surrounded by literally hundreds of millions of normies. That is true. And uh, half of them are all busybodies and uh, Karens, if you will. Right. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in there looking at some news again today. You know, New York City opens up this hot tip line that you want to, uh, you know, report on your neighbors who are violating social distancing and they're going out in public without masks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so ridiculous. And I and I was uh I was uh got a good laugh when I read that story where most of the things that they got on that little tip line, since it was like a text that you could send, uh ended most, up being pornographic in nature. <laughs> it was like all dick pics and then like uh Heil Hitler's going on. 
And you know what? Good on New Yorkers for just absolutely shitting all over that as a concept. Good for them. Yeah, there's not many things I like about New York, but if you put something out there and New Yorkers are going to seize the opportunity to to shit on it, they will do it. It was just like when the NYPD opened up that Twitter feed, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago, with the hashtag MyMPD, NYPD, and all they got was like stories of over-policing and, you know, people getting beat up for little things. I was yeah, like, oh, that backfired. You know, <laughs> Oh, you love to hear stories like that. And that recalls to me immediately that uh, not as controversial as it should have been thing that happened on Twitter, where the uh, police union or a police union tried to crowdsource doxing information on someone just because he had the audacity to film the police, you know, breaking traffic law themselves. Right. Did you did you uh, see or hear about that? Uh, I want to say that was like, was that uh, Tacoma or Seattle, Washington? I thought it was New York, but I suppose the place does actually escape me. Yeah, but this the dude was uh, filming some cops that were parked literally right on top of a stop sign. You know, not stopped at it, but parked there, and uh, they started shouting at him, and uh, the police union, the sergeants benevolence union or whatever they call it where they're at started uh quote tweeting the dude's videos with like hey who is this guy it sure would be awful if he caught a solution the way they used to do it and all this other stuff <laughs> implying that the police were literally going to beat this guy for filming him and uh nothing ever came of it no one got suitably pissed off or outraged about it and it's just all the further proof that we're living in a literal police state these days Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, even seeing the police footage of the, uh, of them going to that park in Utah and arresting that mom because she was, uh, you know, had the audacity to go play in a playground with their kids at a park. It's, it's literally disgusting. It's revolting. And there's, you can't say enough bad things about him anymore. You know, words fail us. Yeah. But the bright side of that story was as soon as that happened, a whole bunch of people went over to the mayor's house and yelled at his house. Good. Good. I didn't even hear that part of the story myself. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, caught that one. You love to hear it, right? Yeah, I kind of caught that one. I was like, they went to that guy's house, and they yelled at him, and he had to come to the window to see what all the noise was about. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff. Yeah. Shoot. Well, let's see. What other stuff has been flying beneath the radar then? Well, let me uh, pull out the old uh, rectangle of human knowledge here. Uh, (laughs) The pocket library of Alexandria. Might as well be. Yeah, one little uh, trick I found is if you just put the date up in the search bar, a lot of times it'll uh, just come up with the news of that day. Oh, that's pretty cool. Let's see. Coronavirus tax force, uh, press briefing. Yeah, well, forget that. That's all going to be at the top. All right. Well, let's just uh, put a pin in that and we'll come right back. Hey, y'all. Before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot porcupinepodcast.com. All right. Now that we've paid some of the bills around here, now back to the interview. For some reason, it gave me a whole bunch of biblical verses. That's kind of weird. <laughs> With the date? 
Well, I put in 423, so I guess that was oh. just bound to happen. You know, I did see earlier today that Congress just managed to push out another relief bill of some kind, and I have not had the opportunity to read it yet. So if you know anything about that. Uh, I think that was one where they were going to try like UBI light by giving people like $2,000 a month for six months or three months or something like that. Man. But I don't know if it, uh, if it went through. Yeah, like I said, I just heard they passed another bill today worth something like $600 billion or something. Yeah, this one but, uh, out of Houston. I can't find a text for it, no matter how hard I'm looking. Yeah, this one uh, came out of uh, KHOU in Houston, Texas. Second stimulus plan proposes to send Americans $2,000 per month for six months. That's $12,000, folks. You know, and uh, a lot of people choose to get upset about that and say they don't want any part of it, but I'll grab with both hands. As far as I'm concerned, I already paid in that money in my taxes. Yeah, it was money already stolen from me. Was, you know, they're just returning it. Right. This is literal reparations to the U.S. population. I'll take it all day, every day. Yeah, introduced by Rokana and Tim Ryan. It's called the mm. Emergency Money for the People Act. <laughs> and if we know how they uh, name bills. Right. It becomes a safe assumption that that's actually got nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> oh, well, this new story is garbage because, you know, they're, they're telling me about it. They don't link to the text. And then halfway through the story, they've switched over to coronavirus facts. No, and that just goes immediately back to what we were saying earlier, right? The news has no interest in informing us in the first place. Yeah. Oh, that's so dumb. I I can't even believe it. I was like, all right, they've got to have linked to the text. Show me the thing. And then nothing. It was like coronavirus facts. Yeah. What did you say the name of that bill was? Uh, Where was it back? Was the emergency something? Yeah, the Emergency Money for the People Act. Hmm. Might just have to look up that whole string. Yeah, I'm actually pulling it up right now because now that you're talking about it, I really would be interested in hearing more about it. It looks like searching that string, that phraseology in the uh, old Google box... Yeah, I got to the house.gov site for Rokana. Hmm. The news article I found from Forbes. Yep. Holy moly. Full bill text can be found here. Boom. Yeah, you are right that this proposal has a 2000 a month UBI. It looks like there's another bill that was considered that would freeze rent and mortgages for up to a year. Yeah, as if the federal government can demand that of property owners. Well, look, so here's the thing. (laughs) They literally can, but it's not going to work out for them. And it's only going to do more harm in the long run. But that's not going to stop them from then trying anyways, regardless of how bad an idea it is. Yeah. 
You know, that's exactly what I keep telling people. It's not that they can't do these things. It's that there's a very well understood list of reasons why they shouldn't. Yeah. But those reasons won't stop them from trying it. Yeah. You know, it's about the inevitability of trying to frick with other people's decision making. Yeah. So I've got the whole bill right in front of me here. So it's 11 pages long. You know, even that's not so bad by most congressional standards, though. Yeah, at least it's not 800 pages and it was already pre-written. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so this is just what he introduced. So whatever they tack on on top of that, that'll be extra. But the next 2000 pages of pork that are destined to get loaded in. Yeah. Eventually, I'll get to the point where this September we see a $2 trillion direct payment to Boeing. (laughs) It's like, oh, a new uh, helicopter system that is uh, broken and busted. That that got paid for. Hmm. Okay. I got you. Yeah, but you know it's okay because the bill was called emergency money for the people. (laughs) (laughs) It was emergency money for the people. It didn't specify what people. Yeah, so, I mean, this one's just kind of cut and dry. It's just going to get right into it and tell you what the bill is about, how much money is going to go from where to who. And, um... So, if you were 16 by January 1st, 2020... (laughs) That's in the bill. Not even a legal voter yet. That's exactly why they do it that way. But I will just say on the flip side, uh, that's not all bad because my youngest brother didn't qualify for the stimulus check because he just turned 18 and hadn't had a job or paid taxes yet. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't stop him from losing his job or being unemployed because he was in an affected industry. Right. You know, he just, whatever. I'm not pro Gibbs people i'm really not i want your audience to understand that i'm not here trying to climb onto the government team but if they're gonna offer it to you you should grab with both hands because that is your money and you already paid for it yeah right exactly i don't think that's unreasonable now as as far as i'm concerned that money was stolen from you in the first place and you're just getting a little bit of it back uh you know even in my job civil design yeah, some of the jobs that I work on are paid for out of tax dollars. So I'm just getting a little bit of that back in my paycheck. To which I do other things to further the cause of liberty by giving some of that money away, uh, using it for myself to do more activism on my side. So I can take the Walter Block defense on that any day of the week. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, I was just referencing him somewhere else just the other day and for the life of me i don't remember where but i think more people should read Locke's work because he really is brilliant in his thinking yeah and you want to talk about his books the defending the undefendable it'll it'll definitely change your mind on some things yeah you know i think it's refreshingly radical is the right way to phrase it yeah it is it's um Pretty, pretty fun stuff, especially when you get into, you know, the, the cop taking a bribe and he's, go, he goes through several pages on defending that and why it's okay. 
<laughs> like, right. I was like, no, a cop taking a bribe? That's, that should be a bad thing. But no, no, Walter Block. Uh, actually, I have a good uh, Walter Block story. A couple of years ago, I went to go run a 5K at the Baton Rouge Zoo. And I wore a disobey shirt, but the B in the disobey was the Bitcoin symbol. Okay. Yeah. And then it had end the Fed underneath it. And so I get up in line and next thing I know, I get, you know, my shirt tugged on and he goes, excuse me, where did you get that shirt? And I turn around and it was Walter Block. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> I was like, Dr. Block, uh, you are everywhere. I wonder if he ended up ordering one for himself. <laughs> Yeah, I had got it from the uh, LP uh, Mises Caucus uh, at the twenty eight conven- uh, uh, 2018 convention, uh, yeah. and, and I saw him while I was there. Uh, he was like signing some of his books, and he was about to give a talk and everything. Uh, but later on, in Baton- because he teaches in New Orleans, I guess he came up to Baton Rouge to run that uh, 5K or walk it. But uh, I, I definitely the last thing I was expecting that morning. Was to get was to have Walter Block ask you where you got your T-shirt. Right, exactly. And I was like, man, that guy is everywhere. But yeah, that's a he. He's a fun guy. Uh, I highly suggest everybody go read his work, even if you disagree with him. I mean, give him a chance. I mean, the guy's got like what five thousand peer-reviewed papers, something ridiculous. It's a quite a pile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been around for a while, you know, but. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, anything else uh, on the back burner for yourself? Uh, back burner in what sense? You know, things I've been thinking about, things I'm working on. Is there, I guess, could you narrow that down for me a little bit is what <laughs> I'm asking. That's kind of a wide net, wasn't it? Um, all yeah. right. So how about uh, conspiracy topics, conspiracy theories that you're currently working on? Stuff that you may have like thrown a dart at a dartboard to get you started. Yeah, so recently, within the last several weeks, I've pivoted away from a lot of the cryptozoology. That's kind of my flagship work. Yeah. And I've been looking at just government-centric conspiracy again because so much of that is real and so much of it is fertile ground for this stuff. So I've just kind of been working through some of that stuff. That was kind of the impetus for my uh, Friends Against appearance when we talked Franklin. And, you know, we shit on the Q people a whole lot, but those pedophile networks in government are extremely real. Yeah. And I think the hope that they'll get shut down is why so much of that stuff persists, because it is so terrible and so sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Even Bernie Frank in the 80s had that little uh, bathhouse that he was running that had uh, teenage uh, male escorts there. And, you know, even though he claimed that he didn't know what was going on. I mean, come on, dude. (laughs) Well, and, you know, that's the thing, too, because he was directly implicated in that Franklin mess, too, when it happened at the end of the 80s. Right. But, yeah, so that stuff's so extremely real, and I've been letting that eat at a lot of my time. Uh, I've been looking at Vegas again, but there's really no new leads or no clues on what happened there. That is one thing that will continue to piss me off for the end of time. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're going to tell me this guy brought all those guns, all that ammunition up to a room, uh, no kind of motive. I mean, you don't really need motive to prove murder. I mean, right. But I, I, is there a video of the guy taking a freight elevator up there? Cause that was a lot of gear. I saw the video. I saw all the stuff like out on the bed, up on the desk and everything in that hotel room. You know, that's more than one trip by himself, you know? Yeah. 
you know, and there's plenty of fishy stuff that happened there to imply a direct cover-up of it. Yeah. And that's what drives me bananas because if there was a direct intentional cover-up of it, that means that there was something there in the first place. Yeah. So one of the prevailing theories on that was gun deal gone bad that maybe the feds might've been involved with. Yeah. Something like a fast and furious type thing going on. Yeah. Just the, we'll, we'll give out all these weapons. Maybe there'll be a GPS locator in a crate. Maybe not <laughs> type of thing, but uh, yeah, yeah. Th- there's literally been nothing on it. it. It was like, Oh, the guy had gambling debts. I was like, uh, all right, I guess, but that's not yeah. a reason to go shoot up a country music festival. Right. And you know, if we take a walk down memory lane, because like I said, there's been no actual new evidence. Yeah. Some refreshers for people about stuff that came out afterwards, though, is that his girlfriend, who he'd been with at the time, was at least at one point in her history an FBI informant and had her name on FBI documents. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's weird as hell. But OK, one coincidence, you can dismiss it. Yeah. But then there was all the other stuff. Wasn't his like brother his like a house... pedophile or a ag kitty porn? Well, No. See, what happened with that, and that's actually what I was just about to say, ah, see. is his brother came out and made all kinds of statements about how his his brother, how the shooter, would have never have done any of this stuff. Right. And then just mere days after that, the FBI announced that they found however many gigabytes or terabytes of child porn at Paddock's house. But the thing is, the computers they claimed to have found it on were literally ancient like they'd been sitting in a basement somewhere Hmm. you know they were mid-90s desktops yeah and then just days after that his house mysteriously burned down hmm the plot thickens yeah (laughs) so there's just all this stuff that keeps adding up and adding up and adding up and then you talk about the mandalay bay security guard who supposedly first responded the yeah. dude went on Allen and then just disappeared from the world. Yeah, that was that was kind of strange. And even that, uh, the only thing I can call it is a performance. Because, I mean, the guy was, like, shining everybody on on that. Because just one look at the guy, you know, he couldn't keep two facts straight. You know, kept looking over his shoulder. Like like he was looking at a handler on the side of the yeah. stage or something. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very bizarre interview. And, okay, all right, looking... Uh, play devil's advocate here you know he just went through a very traumatic event he's kind of nervous being on a major tv show with a you know a celebrity right there okay still (laughs) yeah you know there's there's nothing to be known and nothing that's come out about the crime at any point right but there is so much evidence that something about it was being covered up or intentionally concealed and it sort of just feels like they kind of got away with one here yeah. And it's, it's been driving me bananas, especially lately. So, you know, I want to keep looking at that, but really who even knows where to go with it. Right. Yeah. Without like actual, you know, boots on the ground where you're talking to people who are there. Uh, I mean, you're probably not going to get anything that hasn't been already reported on it. And that's just maybe right. one of those things that we just chalk up to. Well, there was a strange thing that happened. Guy's dead. Can't, you know, can't get blood yeah. out of a stone on this one. So. Right. And then there were all those other instances of people who survived the Vegas shooting being killed in other mass shootings over the next year or so immediately after it happened. That was super fishy, too. 
Yeah, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. I didn't even know. Uh, wasn't that rich guy Dan Bilzerian there as well? He might have been. I yeah. don't remember hearing about Bilzerian being linked to it, but yeah, I think he was in the crowd, and <laughs> I was like, okay, well, your Instagram would make us all think that you that you stay strapped all the time, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> right. There's just oh. so yeah. That's a lot of what I've actually been doing in the last week or two is more of that government centric stuff. Um. I've actually to plug a personal project real quick. Yeah, go for it. I've been working on my own audiobook version of Behold a Pale Horse. Interesting. Yeah, so I've uh be on the lookout for that as it comes out, but that's really what regenerated a lot of the interest in government centric work because Cooper wrote so much about the US government's complicity with the new world order. Yeah. So, you know, I'm it's taken longer than I thought it would because I'm also using it to teach myself how to do audio editing on the tracks that I record. So it's a nightmare and it's taken forever, but <laughs> yeah. Um, ha- having to learn <laughs> in a uh, very truncated time frame for audio engineering, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's one of the things that uh, makes podcasting so fun. Cause, uh, I'll go onto little forums and stuff and look, and I was like, oh, what's this thing about? Oh, I didn't know that uh, my audio stuff could do this, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's challenging to develop a new skill set on the fly, but it's super rewarding too as you work on it. Yeah. And uh, a little inside baseball for you people who don't have podcasts, <laughs> you know, not everything that gets said is in the final product. Yeah. And that's you have to very polish true. that final product too. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do as little edits as possible as far as things that are said, but you know, like I just said, you know, yeah, the, you knows the, us and everything. I'll go through there and clean those up a little bit, get rid right. of some background noise when I can, uh, sometimes can't help it. If dogs are barking alley, sure. I'm looking at you. Uh, sure. And you know, that sort of stuff's kind of unavoidable and really is, but yeah. But then most of the time I just leave it in there. Cause you know, it, we're not professionals at this, you know, we're not, not going yet. To, yeah, not trying yet. to be, that's the dream is to go to that million dollar studio and just uh, have all that stuff taken care of for us, you know, to have an on staff audio engineer and producer. So you don't even have to actually think about it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, we just did that. All right. I sit here. I talk into this thing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. And even if you're never going to do a podcast, I highly suggest people just going out and recording some of their thoughts and then just kind of listen. Cause number one, it'll help you be a better speaker later on. Uh, in case you have to give a presentation or whatnot. Uh, and also it'll help you organize your thoughts a little bit better. So yeah, even if you're not going to put, not just organizing your thoughts either, but it gives you some really nice insight to your own thinking. And that is almost more valuable than anything else is understanding how you yourself articulate ideas so that you can reframe them then in your own minds. Super valuable. Yep. But it's a, it's definitely a process. Uh, you know, us humans have been around on the planet for a couple million years and a couple hundred thousand years in our current form. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out one way or another. Eventually. Yeah. Unless the lizard people turn off the simulation, you know, who knows? Well, <laughs> you know, and they might have to. <laughs> yeah. Especially how 2020 was it's like, Oh, uh, they shot the gorilla at the Ohio zoo. And now look what happened, man. Talk about the butterfly effect. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I wish there was something in a non-meme sort of way 
that I could point to as the sign where things really, really started to ramp up the weird. And for the life of me, I can't come up with one that isn't sort of a joke on a message board, you know? Yeah. When did things really start to go crooked? Yeah, I saw a meme today of this uh, roller coaster like coming right off of the peak. And right at the peak, it said Harambe shot. And then it was like everything else since then <laughs> as the roller coaster was going down. That kind of stuff is just so, just so funny. It was like, we're going to really, we're just going to pin it on the, on the one thing and say that was the, the catalyst for everything else. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I almost wonder if drill didn't have some hand in making everything so freaking weird, <laughs> especially if you go back and look at his older tweets, right? Yeah. Could be. I don't know. Are those old tweets even still available? I guess we'd have to look it up on the internet archive. Yeah. Some of them are. I'm just saying like he, uh, did some mighty he has had some mighty crazy tweets and like they say about donald trump there's a tweet for every occasion right <laughs> especially in donald trump's case i have the best occasions <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. well i think uh i think we solved all the world's problems in that hour so <laughs> yeah you know one last shout out to the audience. Actually, I've been making this request on every show I've gone on lately. Go for it. So if you'll let me just make one short appeal to your to your base here. Anyone who gets uh, the news about the ailment, we'll call it, that comes out of either Europe or the Middle East, those places have kind of become news deserts in the U.S. And I actually am keenly interested in seeing stories about it from places besides here. So for anyone who comes across it, please at me with it or pass it on to me in a DM on Twitter or something. Because, you know, well, I promised we weren't going to talk about it here on the show. Just a plug at the end. I am looking for the information, though. Yeah. Um, So, folks out there, Google Translate can be your friend. So if you happen across a German website and you can't read German, you know, translate it. It'll do a fair job, you know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, any any sources outside of the U.S. are always welcome. Uh, don't be afraid to go look at the South American stuff either, because a lot of times um, that news down there, although opinion driven, uh, they do get a lot of facts out. So, you know. It, yeah, you know, and especially their reporting, it seems like really is of a far higher caliber than the garbage in the U.S. news system. Yeah, especially in the Spanish-speaking world, they have to uh, do a narrative to everything. So it's uh, almost storytelling for them, which is uh, a little bit refreshing. As opposed to having bald-faced propaganda thrown at you every minute of every day. That's like, yes, we have this Air Force colonel over here that gave me a thing to read, and I'm going to read that for you now. (laughs) So ridiculous. (laughs) On that note... Right. On that note, I was just about to say, look up Operation Mockingbird. Yeah, the the operation is still in effect. It may just have a different name, you know. <laughs> you know, and that goes for every historical U.S. government conspiracy. That's right. Because I promise you, MK Ultra never actually ended people. <laughs> Neither did Northwoods, so. Yeah, that one especially. I don't know. Could we, I don't know. Could we put a pin in Northwoods? Because, you know, the whole September the 11th thing happened. Just you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that one was successful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. All right, uh, pause. Why don't you go ahead and uh, drop all your plugs here? Other than uh, trying to get some other news sources. 
Yeah, other plugs, find me at Dogman Respector on Twitter. It's the social media where you'll find I'm most active. You can also look me up on Keybase, and I will occasionally lurk on Discord. So if you're in any of the big liberty-minded uh, Discords that are in this circle, you know, there's a fair chance I might just be hiding there and not posting. Uh, so yeah, Twitter, Discord, Keybase. Look me up also on a library. Are you familiar with LBRY, the sort yeah. of crypto decentralized YouTube? Yeah. I've got a channel there under at Dogman Respector 2, and I archive a lot of my podcast appearances there. Awesome. So anyone who is interested in hearing me can find a direct archive there. And I think that's about it for plugs. Listen to the Gaslight Hour. Yes, definitely. It's uh, well worth your time. Not uh, they don't post as nearly as much as you would like them to, but that's a great, that's a good. No, answer. but I'm I'm pushing them on it. You know, I'm really trying to pump the content while people are forcibly hidden away. Yeah, that's very true. You got time on your hands. <laughs> All right, pause. Well, take it easy, man, and we'll uh, catch you around on the Twitterverse. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right, no problem, man. Take it easy. All right, and there he goes, folks. Uh, like he said. Check them out all over the place. Uh, I'm going to have all those links down below in the show notes of this episode. So please go take a look down in the show notes. Uh, one, you'll get all those links that he just said. And that way you don't have to go uh, DuckDuckGo and StartPage.com and, and you know, whatever kind of search engines you're going through. Because uh, it'll all just be linked right there. You just click it and it'll take it right to you. Uh, also, all the different ways to support this show. If you, you know, like what you're hearing and you emphasize value for value, uh, hit me up. I got the, the Patreons down there. Uh, I got the subscribe star, the uh, float, uh, cash tag, all that kinds of stuff is down there. Uh, you want a t-shirt or a coffee mug? You want to support the show in a different way? By all means, do it. I have a Childerberg mug on there that says, uh, you know, it's got my little funny uh, 80s themed uh, retro uh, graphic on it. It's like it's totally not a cult we promise at the bottom and on the back, it says I survived Childerberg in blue text. It's a pretty awesome little mug, 10 bucks and it's yours. But uh, if you do buy it and you want to get a little shout out on the show, just uh, send me an email afterwards to rebel with a cause podcast at protonmail.com. That's a lot of letters all in one little thing, but that's okay. You'll get through it. Just sound it out. Phonics worked for me, right? Okay. Anyways, guys, take it easy and we'll come back next week with a brand new episode of rebel with a cause. Out. Okay.